morning, good afternoon, good evening, uh, whatever time you're listening to this. Welcome to the Third Person Podcast. I'm Chris Milhouse and joined, as always, with Daryl Hammond. How are you, Daryl? I'm doing pretty good. We're being, we're being filmed, right? We are being filmed, yeah. Okay, because my glasses look a little serial killer-y. But that's okay. It's okay. <laughs> well, mine have this this really back, uh, bad uh, like reflection. I've got to get better reflective glasses because it just the screen goes right in my eyes. Also, I need a better computer and uh, laptop. So we'll work buying, on these things. These are things. I'm we buying a new computer this week. I, nice. I need all that. I need all that stuff too. Yeah. Uh, how, you, how was your day today? Well. Started out rather leisurely. I had a very splendid cup of coffee here in my red apartment. As you can see, the walls are red. Yeah. And uh, then I went to NBC and uh, sort of went through an effortless COVID testing process. They really got it down to a science, and they just probe your nose enough to irritate the hell out of you. <laughs> but but nothing horrific like I was hearing about in California six months ago. Oh, yeah. The beginning, they kind of didn't know what they were doing. But uh, I've had about four of these or five of these since. Yeah. Uh, and super simple, real quick, easy, just, you know, just the tip, if you will. Um, you know, they... What? <laughs> They uh, they got it down. They got it down to a side. You didn't they, say that to anybody, right? No, no. I'm not. I'm only creepy with you. And then random oh, girls that I meet in the park, apparently. And random girls who are, you know, the closest person is a hundred yards away, <laughs> and you go up and announce that they their the lucky day is today. Their lucky day is today. They don't need to buy a lottery ticket. They met me. Okay, that's uh. So, in my head, yes. I feel like sometimes I'm, I sound like Vince Vaughn in a in a movie that he's starring in, where he's the suave, you know, very uh, very hot and approachable guy who's being very charismatic. And then I'm sure in reality it comes off like, "Hey, you didn't you didn't buy a lottery ticket today, right?" <laughs> it comes off, I'm assuming, way more uh, special, if you will. Um, well, the man has a little charisma. He does, yeah. Got a little thing called charisma to go with the really good talent, too. Yeah. But uh, all in all, pretty nice day out today in New York. Uh, hopefully it is calming down uh, in on the West Coast with the heat and fires. I'm not sure about any of that stuff yet. Uh, I've kind of lost track. I know it doesn't look quite like Mars anymore in San Francisco, but who knows? Uh, hopefully it's nice in your part of the woods, whoever's listening. We'll see how the weather progresses and uh, how these indoor things go. With uh, New York is now officially open indoors at limited capacity. Yeah, I got a I got a email from the comedy cellar about coming down and grab a bite. Food is wonderful down there. I might run down there one night. Yeah, let's go together. I love the comedy cellar. Um, I, I think we should start taping our pre pre show because our pre's pre-shows have been quite good and then we get we maybe we should only talk on the air because i feel <laughs> like, i feel like i'm being really dull right now we need to bring on jay but i had a good uh, nap story but if i tell it now it'll seem forced so that's okay we're learning yeah well we're, you know we're, we're getting better and better with each uh with each podcast that we do and man we've been getting such great feedback on our podcast thank you guys um, to everybody who's listened and watched and, and, and just really let me, enjoyed let me, it. Let me hear. Let me hear. What happened? A lot, lot of good feedback. A lot of people are talking about how much, uh, especially with the Amy Sedaris episode that we just released recently. Uh, a lot of people love that one. 
Uh, she's so likable, man. She's just, she's the best. And having her on with us was, uh, was just such a pleasure for, uh, you could tell we all really liked our, each other's company, you know? Yeah. She and I planned to grab a sandwich on a bench and social distance at some point, but <clears throat> maybe that'll happen. I hope so. Yeah, we will. And I'm sure you guys will enjoy feeding the squirrels and chipmunks and <laughs> whatever uh, else that you guys like doing. You know? Yes, I but, do. Uh, yeah, a lot of people have gotten and given us a lot of good feedback. So uh, please, guys, we're, we're growing this organically. I've said this before. Tell your friends. Share it, man. Tell everybody that you know. Um, social media, when you see us post it, please share that post to your story or your feed. And uh, give us five stars, please. Five stars. Even if you don't like us enough, Please still give us five stars. Even if you think we're a four-star podcast, five stars goes a long way because it breaks the algorithm and then we show up and anybody searches for comedy. Well, how, how many stars have we been getting? We get five stars a lot, but we've only gotten probably like 10 or 15 uh, reviews like that so far. So, uh, guys, if you feel the need, uh, we really appreciate it. We'd love it if you did that. So thank you so much again for listening and downloading and subscribing. And then today, well, maybe we are, maybe we are only great a few times we've only had a few episodes come out so you know we're 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 growing this man we really maybe we were real because I, I think we've, we've been quite, i think our shows have been quite good but a I couple so of them were just super outstanding and absolutely this one's going to be outstanding we have an amazing guest here today we have the great jay farrow you ready to have him come on jump on love it yeah hey hey jay what's going on man can you hear us mm-hmm. hey jay well, yo, what up? What's going on, Daryl? How you doing, man? <laughs> really good to see you, my friend. It's good to see you too, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, little... please please welcome Jay Farrell to the the show. Jay Farrell, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. No doubt, man. That, shoot, I, I had to come through, man. I mean, you know, <laughs> Daryl hit me up. You got, you got a podcast? What's happening? Let's go. <laughs> yeah, Daryl. Daryl, uh, the last time the last time I saw Jay, we it was at SNL, and uh, I think you gave me a hug, and then you slipped in a little Denzel, and it was just incredible. Um, <laughs> you know, you think it's like you know you're backstage at SNL, in the the show the show backstage is as good as the show out there sometimes. So <laughs> he broke into a, like a superb um, Denzel, and um, I don't know, man, like. I don't know. Were you doing Denzel from Equalizers or? I probably. Mean, well, you know, it depends on the. Um, it definitely depends on the time period that we're talking about. Because if it's, um, if I talk in 2014, I probably had just seen Equalizer, and I was probably doing that one. But uh, if not, I was probably doing either Train the Day of Book of Eli, or you know, all of those films, those great films that I didn't get any, you know, recognition for. It's all good, but uh, you know, I. Uh, <laughs> Glad you saw it, Daryl. My man. <laughs> God, man, you're so great at those impressions, dude. Oh, man. Killer. He's so great at the impressions. What? He is. He's one of the best, for sure. I'm glad to be mentioned. I'm glad to be at, at, by, mentioned by people. One, one time I was standing in 8H. This is during the Rosie O'Donnell show, and I've told this story before, but I, I, I tell it as often as people let me. Uh-huh. So I'm standing in 8H, and, and Eddie Murphy was doing Rosie O'Donnell. And he comes walking in, and I, you know, it's one of these things where I don't care if I embarrass myself. I'm going to tell him. 
that he's right. my hero. Like, he's like been my hero, right? So I go up to him and I'm like, I don't care if I'm making a jerk out of myself. You're fucking my hero, dude. <laughs> you can say this better than me, but it, I, I'll tell you the line. He said something like, uh, <clears throat> said, well, that, that's high praise coming from your ass. <laughs> that's high praise. Cause I think your shit is freakish. <laughs> no, I can't do it as good as you, but you get the, hey, you hey, get the feeling. Hey, Daryl, Daryl, that's high praise, man. That's high praise coming from you. You know, you're a goat, man. You know, I watch your stuff, man. I, you know, I'm a, I can do impressions, but you're like a freak of nature with it. You just wow with it, wow. You know, so yeah, you know, that's one. There's one of those things where I can go. You know, if I tell people this, they're not going to believe me. But I, you know what I mean. I'm sure you've had moments like that in your life. Yeah, your, your showbiz life where someone just comes in and anoints you as. Hey, I always wanted to be great, and maybe now I'm pretty good. Yeah, you know what? I had the exact same. I had the exact same um, feeling when I met Eddie Murphy at the mm. SNL 40th, and you know, uh, I think Louis Louis C.K. had brought him up to me because I told I saw I saw him over there, and Louis was standing beside me, I, I, and I know Louis, you know, so I was like, "Hey, Louis, can you?" Like, I, I'm like, "That's the." Oh, I was like, "Oh man, that's Eddie Murphy over there." And he was like, you want to meet him? And I was like, can, can I? And he was like, yeah, sure. Come on. He's, he's right there. So I, so he takes me over. And uh, Eddie Murphy, he's, he's like, Ed, this is Jay Farrow. And um, here he is. And then he goes, um, yeah, Jay Farrow, I've seen your work. Yes. He's like, you know what? Sometimes he's like, some of the voices you do, man, like like Denzel. And I don't even know you could do a Will Smith impression, man. That's wow. I didn't even know you can impersonate Will, but you just hit him. Like, you impersonate people I didn't even think could be impersonated. Wow. And you did that. And I was just like, oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it's, like, it's, it's probably hard to keep your composure in that moment. My outside face was like this. Yeah, cool. Yeah, man. You know how. But you know how it is. But <laughs> on the inside, I was in it's like, like, I had a stroke inside. <laughs> I had a stroke inside my body. It was it was it was pretty it was pretty weird, but it was so cool that he pays attention. He's just a That's he's a comedy man. geek. He pays attention to to, to to talent and it's just a uh that's why he's so dope. And that's why you're so dope. You I had the same feeling when you came up to me, Daryl. When you were just like, I just I just think you're just I I can't do I can't Yes you can. <laughs> Look, everybody do it. Do Everybody at SNL does me. Colin Quinn is, I think, my favorite, but Bill Hader does a great one. I'm sure you do me, but just, just a little bit, not not too much, just a little, not <laughs> just just a tad. It's not well, it's not my Jay Z, but it's <laughs> it's better. It is better than my Morgan Freeman and my Tara Towers. I'm just gonna say that. I'm just gonna well. Say how much time did you spend on Morgan Freeman? I did not a lot. I was uh, Morgan Freeman's one of them voices that if I have to do it, I can. I'll do it and I can do it. But usually, I don't. I don't even like. I don't even like touching it because I feel like it's so overdone. I feel like so many people do it. So that's the way I was. That's the way I was about Nicholson. I was like, mm. and Dice yeah. Clay. I'm like, what can I do? That's what can I do that hasn't been done already? You know? Right. Right. And that's more. 
Go ahead. Morgan Freeman, go ahead. No, 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 please. please. No, but that, that's no joke, that voice, dude. I mean, that's <clears throat> yeah. a lot of people are using him as the voice of God in some of their commercials. Yeah. I mean, what, a, what a set of pipes. <laughs> yeah, he's... Um, there, was a guy, there was a cop that once talked to me at NBC, and he talked a little bit. I told him, he talked a little bit like Morgan Freeman, but he said some, something like, um, well, I got some, No, come on. It's not Morgan Freeman. <laughs> it is. No, no, it's not. But he said this. He, says, he said, well, I've got some good news and I've got some bad news. The, the, the good news is now that you're on TV, you're going to get a whole lot of free pussy. Bad news. <laughs> he goes, the bad news is there's no such thing as free That's pussy. <laughs> <laughs> now, it wasn't Morgan Freeman, but I thought, all right, I think I can do this guy, but I, Morgan Freeman, I mean, plus he's just such an important figure. You want to get it right, and if you, right. if you only, you know what I mean? Like, you really you want just, to know. You literally just nailed it. And, and you, Did I? You nailed it. That was Morgan Freeman. I was okay, can I, do, can, I, can I do the next thing he said to me? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, go ahead. And then you're, and then you're doing all the impressions. Up yeah. He said, um, um, I go, what, what, what exactly does that mean? He, he goes, uh, when a, a 25-year-old woman is willing to make love to a 55-year-old man 30 <laughs> seconds after they meet, Mother Nature will not endorse your plan. Do you understand me? I mean, she, <laughs> you, you, I mean, she's crazy. Do you understand? She's crazy. <laughs> Man, if you don't get out of here with that spot on Morgan Freeman impression. Chris, does it sound okay? Because I, no, I can't believe I did yes. that in front of, I can't believe great. I did that in front of Jay Farrell. <clears throat> no, no, great. come on. It sounded great, great. Man. The legend Daryl Hammond, me. I, I, I'm Jay Farrell, but it, you're you're super dope. What what do you want me to say to you? What can I say to somebody who is so who has been so accomplished in the game mm. and in the impression game? That mm. what? Come on, man. Well, buddy, you're getting the same way, man. You're get you're getting there yourself. Like you've you've become pretty accomplished. You especially the impressions. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. Uh, yeah. I, he's a guy I would look at and go. And I would be a little intimidated when I would see like your Obama and shit, and I'd be going, "Man, I, I don't think I can do that." You know what I mean? I don't. I can't, I can't do it. You know, like there's voices I've I've wanted to do. I just can't do it. Yeah. And uh, you, well, you hit. You well, hit. Well, I have to say this. Uh, yeah. Well, Daryl, uh, Obama took me a little bit while to get down because I had gone through puberty all the way. I wasn't finished cooking. I mean, the baby was still in the oven, and the baby was still being whipped up. But that baby became a grown man. Um, that that baby <laughs> talked a little like Bobby Kennedy, and then <laughs> and then the baby uh, became a global sensation, and then the baby became a rapper, and now I'm Obama. <laughs> <laughs> So can I tell you a quick story? One time, Obama, my, my daughter, who was six years old at the time, uh-huh. Obama was in his dressing room. He was going to do a cameo on the show that night, and she's six years old and wandered into his dressing room. Uh-huh. And he was there with a couple of other people, and he asked her to take a seat, this little six-year-old girl. 
Do you know he spent like five minutes with a six-year-old girl? Just talking to her. Yeah. I was like, because everyone says, what's the best thing you ever saw at SNL? I was like, that was the best thing I ever saw. Yeah. He, the president of the United States would take five minutes with a kid. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Ah, God, I miss him so much. <laughs> uh, dude, he, he has, because he's an empathetic president. Yeah, and he's well spoken, and you can you can tell that he he worked hard to he, get where he was. He is it true? Is it true that the last three years of his presidency, more jobs were created uh, than the first like four you know the first four years of Trump? In other words, has Trump been taking credit for Obama's hard work at turning the economy that. around? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. He gets up there, he remixes it. He's like the Diddy of politics. He takes. Or the Kanye West. He'll take it, <laughs> remix it, put it back out, see if you notice. You know take what that, I mean? Take that, take that. <laughs> yeah. But it, take, but every, that, take that in. Every I time I more, hear an economist say on TV, they're like, hey, wait, no, this is Obama. This is Obama's right. economy. It's interesting. And the fact that he has pretty much repealed and reversed everything Obama has done except for the Affordable Care Act, which is his last task, which he wants to do. So, I don't know, man. I, listen, as far as people being personable, amicable, gregarious, so that Obama has that. Trump Trump knows how to talk to people, but he's not necessarily... He's, he's like a robot. He just knows what to say to you. Like, I remember, I remember we were at the... Um, uh, it was the week he hosted... And uh, Adele was uh, performing, and she was at Radio City Music Hall. You know, Lauren was uh, producing that at the, at the time. I don't know if he's still doing it. Produ- well, he did, he produced that one, whatever. But we we went to the concert. He came. He sat there with Melania. I think I think he was there with Melania, or if it wasn't Melania, it was his daughter. It was you know somebody was there with him. I don't know if it was Melania or not. You know, could have been a side chick or whatever. I don't at the time. Who knows? Um, could have been but, Stormy. But it's so funny that it seems like he has the same script for everybody he meets. You're such a great talent. You're amazing talent. You're a big talent. I love your talent. You're so talented. You know you're talented. You're so talented. I'm like, thank you. He goes to Terrence. You're so talented. You know you're talented. You're amazing. You're amazing. You're talent phenomenal. And then he goes, and I was like, look, I walked up to him. I was like, hey, man, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Michael Che, you are absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> 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 he does know how to work a room, though. He he does. Your, hey, your Trump is insane, Daryl. It's really? insane. I think it's better than Baldwin. That's just my opinion. I don't know. Uh, Listen. People can argue all day, but I, I my personal opinion, I, I love Daryl's Trump. Love it. Yeah. Talk to you. Tonally, character embodying the character. Listen, man. Listen, uh, Daryl Hammond is is a goat, and and watching you do Trump, just listen, you loser, you loser. It's like you <laughs> you put extra. I don't I don't know I don't know what it is, man. You do something special with it, man, and it's really beautiful. I don't, well, there's a lot of them that I I don't I'm not proud of, but. Uh, I did get to spend a little bit of time with him, a couple of meetings in his office. And uh, I, I did a um, 
police athletic league dinner, I believe it was for him, and a dinner with him and Melania, and I believe Commissioner Ray Kelly at the time. And Trump, you know, was extremely funny at that dinner. Yeah. He was cracking me up. There was someone that he was talking about. No, he was. He was making me laugh. Some of the shit he Some, says is actually funny. It's, it's freaking it's, hilarious. You know, he's he, he, whatever you think about his politics, sometimes he says shit that I just start crying laughing. I'm like, I can't believe the president of the United States said this. It's like unbelievable, but it's, you know, I mean, look, it's the sad thing is, is he is the president. He shouldn't be saying half the shit he does, but man, sometimes he's just, he, he crushes. I mean, when he was doing that, um, that, that rally, when he, uh, when he, he showed people that he can hold the glass of water with one hand because everyone said that he he thought he had a stroke and he couldn't hold the water with one hand. And then he took the water and smashed it. It was like this big, like, and I was like, well, that's okay. <laughs> Good for this motherfucker. Like, he knows how to bring it down. The, you know, the house went crazy. Yeah. Granted, it's all his, like, disciples or whatever you want to call them. It's a little Trump supporter, but. You, you almost you almost feel like, well, you definitely feel like he's in the wrong profession. But you're like, why not a WWE wrestler? Yeah. That would work. You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? Like, he's done some of that stuff before. I know that he's done that. I remember yeah. that he, he gave me a little entry. I I forget Perfect what. Oh, for well, his monologue on SNL. I thought, wait a second, this dude is good in front of a crowd. Like, yeah. I don't know what to tell you. He's good in front of a crowd. He knows how to command that attention. Yeah, yeah. God yeah, help us all. God yeah, us all. For sure. <laughs> Everybody was scared in Midtown today <laughs> after last night, dude. Right, dude. It was. I, I think I tweeted, I literally, I, I tweeted, uh, I said, um, I said, did we just watch the debate? Or, or did we watch an episode of Love and Hip Hop Atlanta? Like, what did we experience there? <laughs> it just seemed like the back and forth. At some point, you have to be presidential i don't know if he's gonna be like that in the second debate i I don't know what it is but i don't i don't think i don't he's never really been that presidential type of person so i don't see i don't see him starting now even in the second debate he's he said this incredible thing um um, to me that i i picked up on last night that no one else seems to to find interesting but he's they asked him about masks right and he's like going yeah i mean i wear the mask i do this you know you know i'm okay i'm this and i'm that he goes he goes, I'm not like him. You know, you see that guy from 200, 200 yards away. You know, the guy's got a giant mask on, okay? <laughs> Did you remember that? I'm the only one that picked up on that. I don't no. know if I saw that. I saw him pull the mask out of his out of his jacket, and then he was like, I could wear the mask, and then he puts it right back. He's like, I, you know, I'll wear it so when I feel is, like it. <laughs> this is an era in which, you know, when everyone used to do Schwarzenegger, or everyone did Nicholson, or everyone had a Clinton. But, you know, it, it, there was a time when if you brought up Schwarzenegger's name, the other person would invariably say Arnold, right? They yeah. all had an Arnold. It's same with Trump now. Wherever you go, Chris has a, a Trump. Oh, it's terrible. I can't hear people. No, you hear people in the, in the lobby, like in my building, talking about something Trump did, and they get to the part about Trump, and they do the voice. Like these old yeah. people going, yeah, he shaky me. He's like, he said he was just terrific person. <laughs> There's this old lady in my lobby the other day. I think he's a terrific person. 
Oh, well, she's not. <laughs> she said and and um and and you do a little kind of a hack interesting. Me? Chris is the I best the Obama ever. I mean, no, me. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Chris does the, the best Trump ever, right, Chris? Yeah, no, the worst. Probably the worst of all the impressions have ever been done. Well, well you can't not do it now. You have to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's tremendous. It's very tremendous. <laughs> See, it's, <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> it's going to be huge. Yeah, but you got to have one these days. It's going to be huge. Yeah, I'm like my hands. <laughs> Listen, Chris. Chris Millhouse. Chris. Chris. Chris, you know, you see this, Chris. The people, the people, they love me, the people. The people love me. Everybody loves me, the people. It's all about the people. The people popping pimples. Peter Baker picked the bear. Pickle peppers. People. (laughs) (laughs) I like how it's it's done. (laughs) Look, I am am not a Trump. I am not a Trump uh, expert, and I will leave that to the Trump experts. But... As black, you're right, Daryl. Even all the black comedians now all of a sudden have Trump impressions. Everyone. Um, when, when you were, um, was there ever a time in your life when you wanted to learn how to do MLK? Um, yes. College. When I was mm-hmm. in college. Funny thing is I learned how to do uh, Martin Luther King Jr., when I was like 15, I think. But I never, you know, I think I read a monologue in um, literature one time. And everybody, because when, you know how it is, if you, if you do voices when you're in school, when you read stuff, you don't read it like yourself. You go into the person. You go into yeah. character. You hear it. Even if you're reading a children's book or whatever, even if you're, whatever's happening, if you're reading out loud in class, you're putting character, you're putting character to it. So um, I, I was like, I have a dream today that all nations shall be judged by the cut, not by the. See, I'm messing up the speech. No, 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 no. no, it sounded, no wait, wait. It sounded so beautiful. So oh, it sounded take great. a minute. Just okay. take a minute. I have a dream that one day this nation shall rise up. And they'll be not judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. There we go. There you See? go. Perfect. There Dude. we go. Okay. So I read that, got a standing ovation. I was like, oh, snap. How old were you when you did that? 15. So is that when you started, like, uh, a lot of your impressions back in high school, 15? Nah. I started earlier? I started impressions when I was six. Oh, shit. So, yeah, I was, I was, I was like, doing Disney characters, Iago from Aladdin, Gilbert Godfrey, Iago, freaking um, Sally Field, Forrest Gump. I was doing <laughs> stuff like that. Ed, Ed and Eddie. Um... What else did I do? Uh, like Mickey Mouse, <laughs> like stuff like easy stuff. <laughs> when, I, when, when I was in my twenties, I would get um, like a big mayonnaise jar, uh-huh. and I would call people on the phone and I, I and try to make my voice like Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> you know, and people would freak the fuck out. But the, <laughs> you know, because I, I don't have, like you. Just have you have the voice that you can embody that power not everyone has that so i had to fake it i'd use one of these things but what you just did was fucking rocking is that okay to say yeah i studied i studied that guy for years man because i was such a boring person 
And also because there was, our home was really violent and, and you would hear him say these things that would move me. And, you know, you, it was hard not to watch. If you have, if you have two parents that really don't care about you that much and they're not teaching you anything. So you look to what's on TV and you find your own stuff. And, uh, boy, you yeah. just hit it. That was, that was priceless. Man, thank you. Right, right, Chris? Oh, absolutely. It was spot on, man. Priceless. Jay, you're one of the best impressions I've ever seen, man. You really are. That's that's coming coming from both, uh, you know, somebody who does – I've seen you do stand-up for years, uh, but also just as a fan, man. So – Thank you, brother. Appreciate yeah, a thousand percent. Um, uh, here, here. What, one, yeah, of the cool, one of the coolest videos I ever saw was your video that made you go viral, man. The one that I, I mean, I assume it led you into SNL. You did this video of like a bunch of impressions, right? Like, isn't that the one that went, went viral like years back? Well, <laughs> those those videos were those videos were up in two thousand and nine. I had somebody I had somebody upload one. Like, it's when I got SNL, but I did it the year before. So I auditioned for SNL just like everybody else. But once I did get the job, they did look at the footage like, oh, okay. And they were showing people like, oh, this is the guy. But I don't. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't. I think that's a. I think that's a. That's misconceived. Like, people think that I just. So you I went just, viral first and then you, that's how you got it? Right. And yeah. I think when they were talking about the Obama impression. I put that video up in 2009 and then they were like, well, this is, this is how they're doing it. I'm like, no, actually I got an agent. We went in there, we talked to them. So it's <laughs> yeah, a how little, did, how did your, uh, how did your audition process go? We talk about that a lot on the, on this podcast. Daryl's shared a, uh, he auditioned a few times for, for the show. Um, yeah. Ask cast members join us before talk. About I've this. seen, I, I know personally and Daryl, Daryl, Daryl's one of them too. But I know folks who audition for the show few, twice, three times, four times. I was lucky enough and I guess young enough and blessed enough uh, at the time. And when I say that, I just mean like young enough, like not being aware of the fear of messing up. I'm just I'm just I'm just driving through it. Yeah. Um, and I had to I was mad at my girlfriend. So I had a point to prove. I was like, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to get this job. You're going to see something. You're going to see what the hell we're going to be breaking my damn heart. For. I got this audition. I'll show you. <laughs> I'll show you. <laughs> so it was my it was my absolute mission and goal to get in there and kill that audition. But I auditioned once and I got the call three weeks later and I was on SNL. Like It, it was so crazy, man. And, um, you know, I remember I remember what I did. I did six impressions and two characters. I did. I had a character called Barnabas Dunkley. It was like this black uh, Jewish dude still living in the house with his mom, and I mean he was adopted, and she was. And he was trying to sell like old uh, uh, Microsoft nineteen ninety computer equipment to people. It was something like that. And then I did, <laughs> and I was like, "I'm Barnabas Dunkley, man." I'm like, "That's we never used it. It never made it on the show." And I had another character called Chuck Obama, which was Barack Obama's subconscious. This was before they did the anger translator and all of that. Oh, so yeah. I had Chuck Obama, so Barack saying whatever the hell he wanted to say. Like, if, okay, so if Chuck Obama was here, right, and he would have saw the debate last night, he would have been like, um, I, I sat there and I told you, bitches, uh, that this man was going to mess shit up. And look, you got all these. People out here dying. 
Uh, N-words are dying. Negroes are dying. I would say the other word, but, you know, it's not appropriate. Niggas is dying. I just said it. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so it was all this stuff he wanted to say. And then it was six impressions. I did Stewie from Family Guy. Uh, I did Chris Tucker in a in a uh, in a psychiatric ward. I did Eddie Murphy in a library, and he couldn't be quiet. I did Will Smith being a bus tour guy. I did um, who else did I did? Two other two other impressions. It was uh, I don't even remember. I, I, who the hell else did I do? I have to remember Jay Z. I did Jay Z doing something, and then it was one more. And then it was Obama. Then I did Obama, normal Obama. Yeah, that's what happened. So. <laughs> It was a, that audition was crazy. It was, it was real dark in the room. Coincidentally, the same place, the same place they're doing table reads now, you know, right in front of there. That's what, that's what I auditioned. Right that, there in the middle? Yeah, right there. We're right there. Huh. Right there. I mean, now that you see, they got it all COVIDed out. I don't know if you saw the Chris Rock pictures. Yeah, I but, saw those. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, yeah, they're in Studio 8H, man. So I was on that stage, dude, and I just, the thought I had in my mind was, y'all, whether you hear laughter or not, keep going, keep going. But I heard laughter, and I was like, uh-oh. I was like, hey, self, huh? Do I keep going? Yeah, yeah, keep going. So got through the audition, man. I went back in my dressing room, and I just had a feeling. I just I had a feeling that I had gotten it. I had a feeling. And uh, one of the guys who was uh, recording the audition, he said, man, he said, we haven't seen a, a, a great audition like that in a long time. Oh, that's awesome, man. So 22 years old, got on the show, and then I was up there for six years, man. So, yeah. Yeah, man, that's that's incredible because we've talked to people. We've had a a bunch of people on, and, you know, they bombed their audition but still got it. They're like, dude, I didn't – you know, they bomb, and they're like, that's it. I'm going home. See you later. Like, flying back to L.A. because I didn't get that fucking shit. And then (laughs) next (laughs) thing they know, they get a call. They're like, we want you to stick around and just hang out for a little bit. And they're like, wait, what? Like, I thought that was terrible. You know, right. there's people that, that were like, oh, I crushed. I crushed. I had to have gotten it. And then they didn't get it. You know, they're right. like, oh, I mean, like that was that one of us. Uh, we talked about we've had him on as Godfrey. So Godfrey did. He auditioned like three or four times and he murdered. Yeah. He murdered his auditions because he's a beast on stage, obviously, you know, like and he's just incredible uh, comedian. And uh, he's like, I don't I don't know how much harder I could kill. <laughs> you know, like, I, you know, when did he, that's that's funny. When did he audition for the show? I don't remember the years that he taught. He, he auditioned several times over the years. Like he did it um, out here. Um, I think I want to say, cause I think Daryl was at one of them at um, oh. comic strip or, or stand up New York. And then the other, the other one he talked about on the podcast was in uh, LA at the laugh factory. Jamie Masada brought him back after he'd already auditioned like once or twice. And uh, Masada had to be like, yo, but come in, come in buddy, come in. Like <laughs> try to coax him in. Cause he's like, dude, I, I already did this. Like, I don't want to do it again. If they do it. Right. And he's like, no, do it again. And then he still didn't get it. He's like, fuck you, Jamie. <laughs> well, but, I'll uh, take my services elsewhere. You'll see. But yeah, he's always that, you know, he's that dude that like, uh, that always crushed. And he, you know, I think Daryl had a yeah. great line from that podcast where he said, if it makes sense, it's probably not going to happen. Like <laughs> that's how, yeah. that's how SNL goes. I mean, that's how 2020 goes as well, apparently. Yeah, no shit. No, but Godfrey Godfrey is great. He knows, and he's good at character. He's good at doing characters and all of that. His impressions are great, too. Yeah, yeah, he's great at them. So 
I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. It could have been timing. I don't know what it was, man. Yeah, there's, um, sometimes it's like stuff that you don't know from behind the scenes. Like they, maybe there's just they had somebody else that they were waiting on to leave the show or they had already hired somebody. It, it, right. You just don't know. I've only been there for the for the audition process and seen um, – well, of course, they've had audition processes over the years I was there. But I was there for the um, the auditions when they were um, getting – trying to find a, a black woman on the show. And um, there were – a couple of them, and I was just like, I just know they got it. You know what I mean? Of course, Leslie Jones in the wild card, she killed. Yeah, we yeah. knew Leslie, everybody, she was everybody's favorite. Like, okay. Oh, she's incredible, man. She, she's, she, 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 I've never so seen her funny. bomb. I've never seen her bomb once. No. She murders every time she's on stage. You can't. She'll, she'll scream at you. She'll scream the joke in your face <laughs> until you laugh at it. You know what I mean? She's, she, <laughs> you can't hear the funniness in this joke! <laughs> God. I can't. I, no, I can't. I'm deaf. I'm deaf. Yeah. I can't hear. I'm Is deaf. that what I've I, I read a story once about um, Bill Hader got kicked out of um, Kate McKinnon's audition because he was laughing so hard and just <laughs> like just dying, like crying, laughing. They were like, you need to fucking leave. Like, <laughs> Shoot, you can't you can't give her the juice before we give it to her. Yeah, exactly. So they kicked, him, they kicked him out. <laughs> I didn't I didn't even know. I didn't even know that. I just, I just see, I, just, I didn't even know that. What I will tell you, back to what I was saying, they, yo, I remember who was ripped, yo. There was, uh, man, I don't even know if I should mention the names. I just, I just mentioned the person that was on the show. There was somebody else who auditioned, who can do characters, and they like, and they great, well known, well, getting up there, talented, like seeing them do impressions, Mary J. Blige, all these different people. Great. The the note was maybe they're too hot, like they're all up here. Like what? But Wait, that what, is that? Wait, what does that mean? Too hot, like they were too hot, too uh, too much energy, I guess. Maybe too hot. Like they know they're good and they're crushing, and they just know that they're they're up here with like their ego. Maybe I don't know. It wasn't, it, it wasn't even an eagle thing because this person is really sweet, but huh. the note was they're too hot. And you're going like, to have to tell me off, 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 wait, off. Wait, wait. You mean like too attract, too attractive? No, I, no. I don't. I don't think that's what they meant. I just mean too hot on stage, too energetic, too, too yeah. coming, in, coming in hot. Like you're coming in hot, you know? Yeah. But I'll hmm. tell you this. I was, I had a lot of energy when I came in as a young dude, you know? So I don't know, man. It's just it's just the luck of the straw, bro. You just you just don't know. You you really don't know. And, all, the, uh, all the stars got to align, basically, you know. Yeah, yeah. But it's like it's not the end of the world if you don't get that show because you got people. You got people like Sarah Silverman. You got people like Kevin Hart. You got people like Jim Carrey who didn't get SNL. They auditioned. Yeah, they didn't get it. And they're legendary superstar. Amy Schumer, got all these people. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's just the luck of the straw, man. You just never know, bro. You never know. And that's the mystery of the place. They keep it, they keep it mysterious. They don't want you to know. It they fascinates wanna... me. It fascinates me hearing all these stories, man. I love I just love hearing stories about all this stuff, you know? Yeah, man. Yeah. And it's crazy too, man. When um, I don't know if y'all been watching the news. I've been running if you ain't watched the news. Um, so 
when the incident with me happened, I don't know if you know about it. My, my run in with the cops when I yeah, I saw that you you posted it on your uh, Instagram and it was it was pretty jarring. We, um, I mean, Chris, you know, Chris and I were talking about that before the show. I mean, love to hear if that's something you feel like talking about in your own words. I mean, what a, listen, what an man, experience. Yeah, I will tell you this: since all of the all the gyms and everything were closed down. Everybody was trying to find alternate ways to keep in shape. So I said, all right, let me run. I had this thing called the Run Tracker app that kept up with my progress. Every day I run, it tells you when to stop. It tells you when to go. Usually you'll stop for like two minutes or whatever. Tell you to run for like 10, 15, 20, whatever. You stop, you run. That's what it does. So on April the 26th, you know what I mean? I was out. I was on Ventura. I was running down the street. I stopped. The app told me, slow down, stop. I said, all right, cool. So now I'm walking. I'm walking across Corbin and Ventura. I see a helicopter fly over my head. I was like, that's a bit weird. Um, There's a police car right there. There's a police officer. I didn't do anything. So I'm not thinking of it. I'm not thinking about that. I'm walking through. I got my Bose noise-canceling headphones on. All of a sudden, I see the police officer with his gun raised. Get on the ground. Now, I look past. I look past where he's looking at me like this. And I'm like, oh, snap. Somebody about to get got. Shoot, it ain't me. I didn't do it, right? No. Get on the ground. You. Wait. I didn't do anything. Get on the ground. Guns. Uh, Another cop car pulls up. Three other officers hop out of that car. There's four officers on me with guns. There's another officer in front of that. He's just standing there. They say, spread your arms out like an airplane. I said, okay, spread my arms out like an airplane. Then the cop cop puts his knee on me, then puts the handcuffs on me. I said, are you putting me in handcuffs? Now, I am so flabbergasted because, first of all, I had never, I'd never been arrested. I've never gotten a ticket, you know? Of course, I've been stopped, whatever, that would happen. But never with guns in my face, none of that type of stuff, right? Officer, officer, um, officer's on top of me now. He's putting the handcuffs on me. My run tracker app says. Can I, can I ask, Jay? <laughs> yeah. Was he, could, was he putting his weight on you? It wasn't, it wasn't, he put it on me, but not, it wasn't for that long. It wasn't like George Floyd at all. Uh-uh. It wasn't like George Floyd. And the reason I say that is because that, that man had that man had a knee on his neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. Yeah. It had to be like a couple of seconds for me. He was on top of me, of course. He got on top of me and put his weight on me and did that. But the knee wasn't up there for like a couple of seconds or whatever. It yeah. wasn't. It wasn't too much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I'm still, I'm on the ground. These guys don't have, they don't got on gloves. They don't got on uh, masks. I, this is the height of Corona. I'm sweating. They're telling me that I'm now I'm on the ground. My chest is on the ground, and then and and I'm like I'm, I didn't do anything. I'm like yo, and I haven't. I've never had handcuffs on me even in the bedroom. So for the officer to put some stuff on me, it's just ridiculous. And then at the officers on top of me, and they and they all they saying what they saying. My run tracker app says start running. I said <laughs> I can't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's real talk. I couldn't go anywhere. Then they yeah. say, uh, get up. They say, well, get up. I said, how can I get up? I said, I'm on the ground. I have handcuffs on. 
how am I going to get up? I've never had this happen. Can you help me? So then they helped me. Then they, they lifted me up. And as you see them taking me to the side, the office, one of the officers says, do you want to sit on the ground? I'm like, no, I don't want to sit on the Why would I want to sit? I'm sweating. I don't know who has Corona. Why would I want to sit on the ground? No, I'm standing up. I'm standing up. I'm freaking standing up. Right. Well, uh, uh, do you have your ID on you? No, I don't have my ID on me because this is my neighborhood. I don't think I need an ID when I have when I'm in my neighborhood. I'm just running down the street. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, where do you live? Why would I tell you where I live? So you can I'm not telling you where I live, man. Forget that. But I'll tell you this. If you type Jay Farrell in <laughs> on Google right now, you see that you're making a big mistake, partner. <laughs> three minutes later, three minutes later, after I'm sitting there with the cops, they come back. Oh, I'm sorry. You're not the guy. We, we yeah, got no, no shit. You're not the guy. Fuck. Exactly. I know. <laughs> I know that. You should have known that. Oh, you fit the description of a black man with a sweatpants on, black gray sweatpants and a gray shirt. You mean like, oh, so 85% of America, basically, because that's what, that's basically the black guy starter kit. That's what you're saying? Okay. <laughs> All right. I get it. <laughs> did they Google you? Did they know who you were after? Did they say anything like, oh, you know, sorry. Big fan, though. Big fan. Big fan. No, 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 no. I'm, look, it kind of <clears throat> felt... It kind of felt like a couple of them were like, oh, it is him. But they never said that, man. They 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 never said that. Did you ever but get an apology, though? It was just a, oh, 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 our fault. Like, my bad. Like, what like I meant that. is, I meant it like official, like, once you no. release that story, they, they should have reached out to you and be like, yo, we're really sorry, blah, blah, blah. Like, some, no. somebody should have. That's the very least thing that they could have done. No, no, no. They don't, they, they don't they, give a fuck. They sent me a message saying it's under investigation. Okay. I'm like, what is there to investigate? Yeah. <laughs> you have the footage. You see what happened. Anyway, yeah. I'll tell you this. What I'm so thankful for is the fact that I did decide to do that run tracker app thing. And it told me to walk at that time. Because had I been running through that situation, yeah, I had good, my noise canceling headphones on. Yeah. And these officers have their guns out, and I don't hear them. I'm not complying. So, what could they have done? Pow. Good point. Good point. He man. didn't listen to me. Yeah. And then I wouldn't even be talking to y'all today. So, well, we're happy to have you here, and we're happy that you're okay, man. I, yeah, I can't man. imagine going through that experience. I mean, you know. The crazy thing about that whole ordeal is I didn't want to take away from any of the Black Lives Matter movement, the protests, none of that. I didn't want to take I didn't want to take away from it. I saw what happened to George Floyd. I saw what happened to Martin Arbery. The, the crazy thing is that stuff happened around the time the stuff happened to me. Like the George Floyd thing happened a week after this happened to me. The Martin Arbery thing had came out. I think it was the next, it was like the next week or something. Yeah, but here's so, the thing. You're not taking away anything from that. If anything, you're bringing more attention to a matter that needs to be, that needs to be brought up. I know. I know. I, I'm just, I, I'm just detailing my apprehension for not yeah. putting it up immediately. That's why I didn't immediately put it up. I waited. Well, I had to get the footage too, because I had to get a private investigator and they had to go and uh, get the cameras, yeah, uh, get the footage from, like from a, that because yeah. there was a guy across the street filming everything but when we asked him for it he said no it's a snapchat i don't have it it's snapchat 
What you? I'm bro. I am not kidding, bro. Across the street, he was right at the liquor store. He was taking a video of the whole thing, everything, huh. and he wouldn't give the footage up. So I had to get a private investigator to get the footage. Where did you get that footage from? Like the gas station or something right there? Yeah, it was, uh, I think, it, so the 7-Eleven is right there. So there's got to be some cameras either on, It's there's either some cameras on the light or there's some cameras on the building. But I have it, it there's another angle of it going on, but that one's a little more fuzzy. Yeah, but I saw the one we, you put up, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one we got was uh, was pretty clean. So that was right on, that was right on Ventura uh, near Corbin. I don't know, like I said, the 7-Eleven is over there. So um, it had to be one of those cameras, man, but... Um, I'm just glad that, like you're saying, man, uh, like you're saying, I'm alive, and you're saying I did. You're saying it would add to the to the movement, and the amount and overabundance of people that have reached out to me, that told me my my white friends that called me up and say we didn't understand, we couldn't even quantify what was going on, what was happening until it happened to somebody that we know personally. I've had so many people hit me up and say that. And it's sad and, that it's sad that that's a fact. It's sad that that's a reality. Yeah. I mean, but both even ends. with dude, even with me personally, bro, like, like I said, I had never gone through that. So even me as much pain as I can feel for my brother, my sister losing their life. And it's like, you're empathetic. So you're going to feel that. But the rage that comes from it, it's not that rage doesn't kick in until something like that actually happens to you. And you can really, you can really empathize with the situation. Like, yo, I've been, I know exactly what you're feeling, bro. And it makes no sense and it needs to stop. And I think the infuriation comes from you wanting it to stop and you seeing a repetitive, perpetual thing just keep happening. And you're like, when will it stop? But, which brings me to the Lauren call. Because <laughs> Lauren called me, I never called. I never had Lauren Michaels call me for call me as far as unless I got the show, but on some yeah. personal stuff. He, you know, unless my grandfather passed away, he called me. You know, but it was on the company phone. It wasn't on his cell phone. This man called me on a cell phone, and he was saying, "I want you to know that you're loved. I want you to know that we care about you over here. If you need anything, if you need anything, let us know. And how are you?" He just sat, we just had a conversation and the question came up. He said, Jay, do you think that all of this is going to change? I said, you know what, Lauren? I said, I feel like it is starting to change. He agreed with me. He agreed with me. And it's because it's not just one person. It's not just a group of people that's mad at me. Everybody has had time to sit down and see the reality of the world and digest what's going on and not be okay with it. So instead of it just being an uproar with the African-American community, the, the Brown community, all these people, it's now it's a ubiquitous energy and everybody is teed off the same way. And that's why I think it's going to change. And that's why Lawrence said he thinks it's going to change. That's and incredible. then Cat Williams hit me up after that too. And that was, I was like, man, Cat Williams and Lauren called me. And this is the same day. Uh, I was like, the world has seen this story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, sure. So can somebody um, fill me in on, on what they're talking about, what I heard today at 30 Rock, that 
Trump gave a shout out to a supremacist group. Is that correct? Yeah, the Proud yep. Boys. Yeah, he told them to stand back and stand by. Stand back and stand by. And instead of denouncing, he had a prime, prime uh, moment that he could have denounced his allegiance to that group or his knowledge of that group even. He could have been, I don't know who that is. Uh, he said it later today. He said, it goes, oh, I don't even know who those people are. Okay, buddy. You're a little um, late on that, so, man. And, you know, but he, he told him to stand by. He told them to stand by. And crazy. that's when he was asked about, I think, but when he wasn't, wasn't it right when he was asked about the, I don't know if it was Black Lives Matter movement, but more so, I think he was asked about um, the protests and they were talking about the, the things that were going on underneath his uh, presidency and how he kept on trying to blame Biden. It's like, oh, this is, by, under Biden's presidency, it's going to be even worse. You're going to get this even worse. And, and everyone's like, dude, how, how about what's going on right now under your presidency? And then, you know, they asked him about the Proud Boys and he just told them to stand by. I'm like, that's... Well, wait, you know, but, but think about that for a second. That's almost not protected speech. No. You know, it's almost a call to arms. It basically so, so, was. Dude, he's my mother said this. She, my, my mom said this. She said it last week, and she said it. She has said this over the last three years of some change. She said, "I think that man is trying to start a civil war." Oh, for sure. Because there you go. If you see it, all right. He's standing behind white supremacy. Bam! Ain't nothing. It's it's either you are racist or you're not racist. That group of folks is racist, straight up. So <laughs> if you're against that, you're against them. Two sides, yeah, divided. He could have. He had a prime moment. He could have been like, "I'm not racist. I love black people. I any anything, anything right. that anything. I I love Asian people. I love like you know like anything would have been. But he literally just goes. He just says, stand back and stand by about fucking Proud Boys and, and white supremacists, man. And it's it's just, it's unbelievable, like, you know, just how how much garbage comes out of this dude's mouth, you know? Yeah. It makes me, yeah. it makes me, it just makes me real worried about our future. That's, you know. I'm going to say it is. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, I come from deep south and I can tell you that, you know, I, there are people that just can't wait to use that gun. Yeah. To have a reason to use that gun. Yeah. That have been hating and hating and hating and hating and hating for years and buying all these weapons 10 times more than they need. And right. To have the chance to use that gun. And we understand the folly in all of this, right? I mean, we think of Janet Reno and Waco, Texas, and David Korash. They were a, a smaller militia. But she said, you, you kind of can't take arms up against the government of the United States of America. That went really badly for them. And I feel badly for those guys. Do you really think you're going to be in a, you're going to take on the Army? Right. Conversely, right. I, I had my Uber driver tell me that the Civil War was coming. And you can, t I mean, that's <laughs> the word out from this conversation. Did this, huh? ju you just had this conversation with him? No, I had it a couple of months ago in LA. And the guy that's... was like, it has to come. Like he was like, 
You guys don't know what happens in these neighborhoods. You don't know what happens here. You don't know what these people are thinking, what they're talking about at night. <clears throat> when they right. go to the bars or hang out with each other, even, you know, go to church and you don't know. And I'm telling you what's coming. Like this guy can't keep talking like this. He's talking about Trump at the time. And I, he said, you can tell your enemy by the color of their skin. And that's where he's trying to drive this truck. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. He's trying to drive this vehicle there. That's intense, man. I think the most important thing to know here is uh, please vote. Everybody, please vote. <laughs> we need to vote. That's it. We need to vote. We need to vote. Kids, register to vote, please. Thank you. <laughs> this has been hey. <laughs> This has been my that's this has been my public service announcement. <laughs> I want to say one thing before we go. Um, I did a table reading with um, Jay. Remember for Scott Rudin in this office building and you played this and uh, Rudin gave this him this really nice dramatic role. Yeah. You know, do you remember that? Yeah, man. Thank you, brother. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, that was supreme. Was that was that Haters? Uh, yeah. Was that that was Haters movie, the uh, the Rubber Room, or was that Chris Rock's uh, one? I think Hater. that was Haters. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, someone man. gave you a someone gave you a dramatic role. Yeah, you know what? What's fu- what's funny is I, that's how I started. Like, I've been in theater since I was eight, so you know. And of course, I guess when you're acting, it's just all about um, it's it's all about doing what's most natural to you. And um, uh, I guess sometimes I can fall into <laughs> uh, uh, being bigger than I than I should be, but. Um, in some cases, like those, the rubber room, and then um, Unsane. I don't know if you got the. I did a, a, a Steven Soderbergh movie called Unsane with Claire Foy and uh, Juno Temple and Joshua Leonard, and I had a dramatic part in that. And it was a it was a small release and made it made made money made like, made some great money nice. made great money great money and made great money but huge huge great huge <laughs> money money a lot of it. But mm. it gave me an opportunity to show to show those dramatic chops, man. And and I'm getting more opportunities like that and to be able to teeter between both. You know, comedians are best at that just because of the pain that we do keep labored inside of us and we don't release it. So that dramatic, that pain is coming from a real place, man. You know, and, mm. and, and like you're saying, like you said, when you were growing up, how, you know, you got, you know, you got abused and it, it was terrible. Like, yo, I have some, yo, I, I've got, I definitely got some of that. <laughs> I've got some of that side. Whereas I used to just close my door and I would just practice. I would just practice doing impressions. I would just close. I, yo, my people thought that I was probably playing with myself or something, but <laughs> not what I was doing. I was in there trying to shop for my craft because I was like, yo. I have never had anything positive really happen in my childhood as far mm. as besides me being besides my parents being supportive, but dog, I was picked on. I got, you know, some instances you get jumped sometimes, like you got to fight people. You, you getting bullied on the, you get bullied at school. You get bullied on the bus 
and you get bullied when you go home in your neighborhood, then when you go in the house, you get bullied. Wow. Like your people say stuff to you and they don't realize that how insensitive it is. And, you know, you start, what happens is you start shrinking into yourself. So you say, I'm the only person that has me. So I've got to take care of me because ain't nobody else going to do it. So it just, it, it, it can turn you into an aloof person. Turn you That's into a- so, it's so important. No yeah. one else is coming. Right. No one's going to help me. I yeah. got to figure out a fucking way to not go insane here. Right. And luckily, talking like other people gives me fucking pleasure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dude, I could, when I would go to school and I would do a voice, people, oh, man, that was so dope. I get admiration like that. So I built up in school. That's how I get my admiration. I wasn't popular until senior year because people found out when I was 16 that I did comedy and I did impressions. But I didn't put that out to everybody because I was so I was so shy because I was always getting picked on by people. And they it's like, yo, if you just allow me to be my just allow me to just yeah, do what cool. I do, yeah. you'll see it. But you're too busy joking my sneakers or talking about <laughs> or talking about my titties because I was fat. You know what I mean? Or, <laughs> or or you know just messing with me, bro. But. Daryl, yeah. I, I feel you, Daryl. I definitely feel you. Darryl. I mean, they thought I was so fucking weird. My father and everyone, and, and, and you know, I didn't. I didn't want to play football. Like I didn't want to get hit, and I didn't want to hit anyone. Right. And I'm in a town where that's that's a, almost a religion and shit, right? Right. And 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 I, I quit the football team after I got knocked out. I tried to play. I wasn't large. I got knocked out. I quit the team. And I'll never forget that the coach thought he was helping me. He calls me and he, he says he wants to talk to me, Jay. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to almost quote him verbatim. He says, there's some kind of civil war going on inside you. I was like, what? He goes, a civil war inside you. I was like, well, what, what does that mean? And he says... <clears throat> He looks to be dead in the eye and he goes, there's something about you that just ain't right. <laughs> that's, that's so <laughs> effed up to say to a to, kid. To though. a kid, yeah. That is so effed up. You made it funny. You see the pain? You made it funny and it was so real. But that's so messed up to say to a kid, bro. But what? <laughs> imagine the disapproval. There's something about you that just ain't right. Something about you get day right. I'll tell you one more quick one that you might enjoy. When he was coach, <clears throat> I was I tried out the quarterback. Uh-huh. And so, you know, there I am trying to do a play one day, and I'm going, hut one, hut two. And he stops her and he goes, wait, wait, wait. He goes, it's more like hut one, hut two. And I said, oh, Oh, so it's more like an HT than an H than an HUT. <laughs> sort of, I go. It's sort of like a diphthongal kind of thing. He goes like that. He looks at me and he goes, uh, "I wouldn't know about that bullshit." <laughs> <laughs> He's 
basically he was basically trying to say he, he would um that's what <laughs> yo, yo fuck I'm sorry I don't like, listen I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to chill on my language because I got a Nickelodeon show now but yo man fuck that guy bro. Uh. <laughs> Seriously. I didn't want to, I, I was I, I wanted to tell you that story because I was wondering if people thought you were ever thought you were an oddball like everyone just thought I was a fucking freak you know You're my weird. father would my father would literally say this is my son Daryl he's extra he's <laughs> extra oh, he's extra I was considered extra what, what okay what does that mean yes then I don't know what it means. It just means like it's he's a real pain in the fucking ass, and you might not want to deal with this kid. <laughs> <laughs> to answer your question, to answer your question, girls, <laughs> people would people would just say I'm weird, or you're, or they'll be like, oh, he's a cornball or whatever. He's just a weirdo. Um, and I have a similar football story, but let's hear it. Mine isn't from the coach's perspective. It's from the pers- it's from the the perspective of me when I decided that football wasn't for me. All right. This is ninth grade, right? Mind you, I, w- I was premature. You know what I mean when I was born, right? So at the time, my body hadn't caught up yet. I'm six foot two now, and I'm like buck eighty three. So now I've caught up. I'm 39 and my body still hasn't caught up yet. (laughs) (laughs) Five foot four, 39, man. I'm still waiting for that growth spurt, you know? (laughs) So it's kickoff, right? I'm five foot two. Mind you, I'm five foot two. I'm 200 and what am I like? 230, 240, 250. Anyway, I'm five foot two, right? It's kickoff. We are kicking off to the other team. It's these people called Deep Creek. I say people because those were freaks in nature. They were big. They were too big to be in school. They were huge. Mm-hmm. They were like six five, tenth grade, ninth grade, junior varsity, mm-hmm. six five, six six, six seven. I say whatever they putting in the water, the same thing happened to Space Jam. That's all I'm gonna say, right? <laughs> they kick the ball off to our squad. We catch the ball. I'm running to hit the other team. I run. I see the other guys coming. They're big as hell. My body stopped and said, nope, and I just froze. I got hit so hard. My body rolled over four times, popped up, and started running with that team. I said, "Uh -uh." (laughs) said, it's a wrap. I said, I can't be a football player. I got drafted with one hit. Ain't that a bitch? I got fucked. I got drafted with a freaking hit. My coach pulled me to the side. He yelled in my ear. He was like, "Yeah, bro, you gonna let him do that to you? You gonna let him do that to you?" I looked at him. I said, "Yes." I put my helmet down and walked off the field. Oh, <laughs> That's when I quit. So I feel you, Daryl. I freaking feel you, man. Yes, I was a yeah. I was weird. I was hey, I was hey, you know, I didn't even know at the time. I like. I like I like women. I like I like women. I was I was you know I was looking. You know what I mean? I really like women. You know, paying attention to it. So I was into the I was into the XX videos. It's a little bit <laughs> now. I, I'm 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 tired of proving the uh, pornographic sites that I'm not a robot. I don't care about street signs or street wall. I don't give a damn about none of that. I'm tired <laughs> of putting it in because now I'm soft 
and now I'm done. Okay, but <laughs> so growing up, that's what it was. It was me watching cartoons, me watching porn, and <laughs> me and drama. So that's a that's a freaking weirdo. It's a dramatic pornographic kid. Yeah, I. What I, are you gonna do? You're I used trying to. Get, uh, I used to get bullied the same way a little bit. Sorry to interrupt there, but uh, really? I, yeah, I well, I mean, I'm five foot four. Imagine how short I was back then in high school and middle elementary school. I was oh, you were still tiny. sperm. I was still so still so <laughs> tiny, <laughs> and I used to get bullied all the time. And then you know, I uh, I think I don't you know. At one point, it just clicked in my head. It was like, yo, if, like if you don't want to get bullied, you got to embrace it and figure out how to stop it. And so I just started. Whenever someone would make fun of me, I started making fun of myself better than they could do it. So I started, yeah. I learned how to be good at roasting. So like, I didn't know what that was back then. I mean, this is the eighties, but I'm like, you know, people would be like, Oh, you know, you're, look, look at you a little shrimp. And I was like, I, you know, I just start fucking coming back at him like with even better. And they just, they'd just be so caught off guard. They were like, man, that's funny. And then they'd start laughing at me and I'm like, see, there you go. I just disarmed that shit. And I just, something clicked in my head where like, you got to keep doing that. And so yeah. I started doing that more where I'd started kind of like joking on myself. It was never, I never was mean to anybody else unless they picked on me, but right. always, always I shed on myself so much to the point where I used to get kicked out of class a lot because I would be making everyone laugh or uh, the teacher would be like, I've had enough. I've had enough of your self-deprecating bullshit. And Dude. I remember I got kicked out of class one time. I, I mean, I, so many times, but I remember I, I had a chair in the principal's office with my name mm. on it legitimately like and they and the, the principal said you know we want to expel you and this is in fifth grade and he goes we want to expel you but he goes i don't want to fuck up your future he goes even though i think you're doing that on your own and he literally goes if you don't change uh your little comedy routine you're gonna end up in jail and i was like how who tells a fucking 10 year old this shit what? No, i still remember this to this day and, I, and then i just became that guy who was always like I watch Arthur. I watch Arthur, you <laughs> punk bitch. Why are you saying this to me? I it was, yeah, it was it was very odd. It was a very odd thing. And I was never, I mean, I tried to do sports teams. Like, I remember people were like, oh, we need, like, little guys to wrestle because they need the lowest, like, featherweight, like, you know. And I was like, I'm not wrestling anybody. I'm like, I wasn't right. even five feet tall at the point. I was like, dude, who am I going to wrestle? <laughs> like, a child? You have, Like, what is happening? I'm in high school. And, you know, like things like that. So then I just started becoming that snarky guy who would always like, you know, joke around and uh, read book reports that I would make up because I think they'd be funnier than the actual book. So I just make up book reports and write stuff like that. And then, you know, but I just remember people like I had an English teacher in in high school was like, yo, you better do something in comedy because you're not going to do something in fucking academics. (laughs) (laughs) But it's funny how you have to be. You have to have a certain IQ to be able to go to it, be able to be witty and funny anyway. You have to. You, you got to. Uh, yeah. Well, some people are some people are comedically autistic, but but, <laughs> you know, not but not everybody. And Chris, I love how you told that story, because it's so crazy how when you're older, you finally realize that if you embrace yourself and you're not insecure with yourself. That's how you fit. That's how people start following you and liking you. By yeah. if you have a, it doesn't matter if you got if your foot was a if your foot was a penis, right? If your foot <laughs> if your foot's a penis or your penis is a foot, or you got a you got a baby leg growing out the back of your neck. 
if you try to hide it, people are going to mess with you. But if you come in there like, hey, everybody, if you do that, everybody will be like, oh, he's a cool dude. Like, all right. But you don't, a lot of the times, we don't understand that until years that you picked it up early. You picked it up. But it's like a lot of people don't understand that and they don't get it till they get older. I didn't understand that until I got older, bro. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. It didn't click for me until probably last year or the year before that. <laughs> Like, like, seriously. You know, I'm I'm not sure I fully, I'm not sure if I fully understood what I was doing when I was in elementary school. I, I, it was my only like defense mechanism that I could think of because if I didn't make fun of myself, I'm getting the shit beaten out of me where I'm, uh, I mean, it's back when like they had lockers and they'd shove me in the lockers and fucking, you know, like, cause I was so small and where I get picked on. And so the only way to get out of that for me was me just trying to come up with jokes that were better than what they could say. Any, any insult that was better. And I would say that, you know, like, ah, no, come on. You, you could do better than that. And then I'd start, yeah. like, and then they, they'd laugh and I disarmed them. And I ended up becoming really good friends when I was in middle school with, with the kid who bullied me the most in elementary school. It's That's so crazy. Weird. Yeah. It was weird, man. And I was like, yo, I used to fucking hate you. <laughs> like, and then yeah. we just kind of realized that like, cause he was this big fat dude, like just gigantic dude. And we just kind of like, realized that we weren't so different and that we just kind of took out whatever whatever was you know bothering us you know his his you know, being fat and me being so small and we were taking it out on each other you know or, or just letting out that anger in the wrong way i guess you know and i i don't know how i don't think i realized what i was doing back then but like now like you said years later i realize it now yeah like, you know that i had the the right instincts back then but i didn't i didn't know what it was back then but but like you're still saying, once you, once you embrace, once you embrace yourself, and you don't, once you don't care, it's like once you're so, once you're so, um, once you so, you're so unrevealed. Like you, you just leave it all out there. You're not self conscious about anything. People will mess with you. That's why people like Lizzo blow up. Look, look at Lizzo. Yeah. There's, there's she no, embraced it and she was she proud of it. it and she's proud yeah. of everything man and that's yeah. what you have to be you have to know that there's only this, this is all you got we got this one life and this is it this is what we got and we've got to make the most of it what what did biggie small say he said fat black and ugly as ever however i stay coochie down to the socks like <laughs> he said black and fat is fat and black is black and fat as ever black he even said black and fat is what he said Black and ugly as ever. However, I still I stay coochie down to the thought. Like that's real. Yeah. He knew. He knew how he looked. He knew he had, he knew his face was he knew his face wasn't the best. He knew his eye was swimming over. He knew it. His eyes just swim to the side of his face and look that way. But yeah. he ain't care. He ain't freaking care. And he owned it. And yeah, yeah, man. I love that, man. Yeah, I, me too, man. I feel like I feel like on stage now, like I don't give a damn. Like yo, I will talk. I will talk about whatever. I'm just. I, I feel so comfortable. Whereas before, it might have just been. Let me do a voice. Oh, let me try to craft this story and put. Not forget that, man. You talk about your real life and sprinkle your talent in it like that. Talk about your real life. Have a have a point. Come from. Uh, come at it from both sides so people don't get pissed off. It makes sense. And then and then give them what they know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's the formula I feel like I I have cracked. But I don't know, Daryl. You feel like that too? I know Daryl feel like that. 
Well, there's a saying. Um, uh, I didn't make this up. I think it was Anthony Robbins, the motivational speaker. Um, he says the saying is, and this comes from like fucking Socrates or some shit. Mm-hmm. And it, the saying is, "What's most personal becomes becomes most general." So when you're utterly your yourself, it just resonates. When you're not trying to be nobody else, when it's just you and there's like this authenticity, you know, this honesty, people are drawn to it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I know in my, times in my life when I've just been going through the motions and just saying the words and I end up bombing, you know, I got to fucking, I got to experience this in, in, in a way that's meaningful to people. But I agree with you entirely. Yeah, audiences can always tell when you're not into it. Audiences always pick up on everything. Like, if you're excited about a new joke and it kills right out the gates, which we always usually are, and then Mm -hmm. sometimes we have a hard time replicating that after you... You ever notice that, like, you tell a joke right away, right out the gates, it kills, and then the next time you do it, it doesn't do as well because you're a little less excited about it. And then if you keep doing that same joke, obviously you work on it and you fix it, but and you get more excited about it when you find the way to tell it the way to the, the better punchline for it and things like that. But audiences will read you like a book, man. They always do that. Like they know that, you know, if you're just going through the motions, like Daryl just said, they can see it and they're not into it. They know, they know you're not excited. So why should they be excited? You know, I think I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was just, I was just saying Shakespeare had that quote illusion of the first time. So yeah, for sure. Definitely. What is that? Illusion of the first time. In theater. It's like, you can do something a million times, but to every audience, every audience is new. So you've got to put it on like, like it's, it's the first fresh time you out told the it. gate. Yeah. So it's like illusion of the first time. As long as you have that audience, whoa, that's, that's great. Amazing. <clears throat> when Jagger, Mick Jagger was 47, I saw him do a show in Tampa. And the Stones opened the show with Start Me Up. And that damn guy said those words like he'd never said them before in his life. Like he, he was discovering these words for the first time. And he was saying, I'm not kidding you. I was like, whoa. I, 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 I said to myself that night, I'm like, maybe I can't do that all the time, but that's what I got to fucking try to do. Yeah. I got to present this story like it's just occurring to me right now. And if I don't get my point across to you, I'll die. It's I'm fight I'm playing for keeps here. Um, <laughs> well, this is this is the good thing about all three of us being stand-ups. Obviously, is because we could all relate to that kind of stuff. We all relate to that type of uh, performance value. You know. Yeah, for sure, man. Experienced. I mean, I think we uh, should do. We could cut this into two podcasts, dude. <laughs> we could have we could have Jay back for sure. Um, yeah. Before we go, I want to do. I do want to ask Jay when you were coming up uh, as a stand-up, you used to tour with Charlie Murphy. Yes, sir. And how awesome was that, man? I mean, rest in peace. I love Charlie Murphy. But do you have any like cool stories from from touring with that guy? I mean, what an incredible <laughs> comedian! He, I, I'll tell you this, man. I remember, and while we're while we're on a subject of authenticity, this is a perfect segue. Good. I remember when I was uh, I was twenty years old. I've been on the road with Charlie for like a year. Then I was just doing guest spots. I wasn't, I wasn't hosting yet. I eventually started hosting. Um, 
I was on a stage. I was in La Brea. I was at the La Brea Improv. And uh, they couldn't find the host. So Rich Murphy, Charlie Murphy's manager, he was like, Jay, he was like, can, can you do it? I was like, uh, maybe. I mean, I've, I've never tried. You know what I mean? I've never hosted, but I'll try. Got up there, did it, was doing doing my thing. I was like, okay, this ain't, I got this, you know. It was one show I did where I forgot uh, I forgot something at the end. Like I was trying to say it and my mind got jumbled up and I just looked at the crowd and lied. And I was just like, I'm so high right now. And everybody started cheering. But I, I knew how to sell it. I was like, I'm so high right now. Charlie was so mad at me. He called me to the back. He was like, yo, Jay, man, you don't never lie to the crowd like that, man. You never lied to him, man. You tell him the truth, man. You wasn't you wasn't high, man. Now people think it's people gonna think that I'm back here getting the kid high, and that's not what I want on my record, son. You're not gonna have your mama coming up here telling me Charlie Murphy is turning my son into a fiend. It's not gonna happen, man. <laughs> tell the truth, shame the devil, man. Never do that, man. And from that, bruh, I never from that day forth. It was just, I was like, okay. Because oh, he was like my uncle. Man. This, <laughs> yeah. dude, this dude kept all of that stuff away from me. Of course, they had their fun with whatever. Because I'm not a, I'm, I'm not at liberty to tell y'all exactly what they was doing. You know what I mean? They were having fun. It's the road. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But what I will say is they always made sure that they kept me away from it. I say they, Richard Murphy, Charlie Murphy, and Freeze Love. Freeze Love is the reason um, Charlie Murphy, I, I went on the road with Charlie Murphy because Freeze was going on the road with him. Excellent, great comedian. Love Freeze. One of the coldest. Paul Farmer, one of the funniest dudes in the game. He saw me when I was 18, introduced me to Charlie when I was 19. We started going on the road together. But That's awesome, man. They always, they always tell me, they always t- keep it real, man. Keep it real. Don't lie. You ain't got to lie to them. Keep it real. And rest in peace to him. Absolutely. This 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 is gonna mess. I don't know if this is gonna mess you up, but it messed me up. The first club he ever took me to, which was Caroline's on Broadway, when I was nineteen, that was the first show we did together. That was my um, first time doing Caroline's on Broadway. I think I saw John Witherspoon there like a month before because I was going to go up and I wanted to peep out the space. Um. So, flash to 2017. I was on my way to headline that club 2017 when I heard the news Charlie Murphy passed away. It messed, it was like a... That's, yeah, a, that's that's crazy, man. That's such a weird coincidence, you know? So crazy. It's like, at first, I was just a guest spot there, right? I grew this, uh, I grew this relationship with with, with, with Caroline's and, and, and Carol, of course, Caroline, of course, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, who else is down there? Um, uh, Rick, is it, is it Rick? It's, uh, um, oh God. Uh, to Lewis. Lewis. Lewis yes. Ferraro or whatever. I think his name. Lewis Ferraro and Carol. Oh. And, and it's so crazy that I can't like, it's like, yo, you're going there to do what he was doing when you were 19 years old, but yeah. the man passed away. Yeah. It, it, it just, it, it totally, yeah, so, it was a circle of life moment and it messed me up. 
Um, and that was one of the hardest weekends I ever had trying to perform stand-up. Oh, man, I bet, because everything reminds you of them, and that's such a hard loss in general, you know, for the, for not yeah. just, you know, you personally, for but for the world. Community. Yeah, for everyone, man, and that, that was <laughs> – that was tough. I only met him once, but he was, he was really nice to me. It was my first went to LA in 2008. I met him real briefly and yeah. he, he looked at me and he was, he said, he goes, uh, is you comic? And I said, yeah. And he goes, uh, I said, well, I'm, you know, new, you know, I'd only been doing it like a couple of years. And he was like, he's like, keep at it or something like that. He's just real brief. And he was like, he goes, and I said, is it cool if we take a picture? And he goes, well, make it quick. <laughs> like, but he, you know, and then he like, he was, you know, he was real, real nice. And I don't remember what exactly what we talked about, but like just really, yeah. really sweet dude. You could tell there was that nice, sweet aura. He took pictures with every single person that asked and that, yeah. and that was 2007 or eight, somewhere in there. But yeah, he was real great dude. But yeah, I imagine man. it must've been a lot of fun just to tour with him, especially oh, with a young gosh. kid coming up, man. Just him telling stories. The stories that Charlie Murphy would tell, man, the stuff that he wouldn't say, on yeah. stage. Oh, I bet. Hilarious. Not saying that the stuff on stage, I'm just talking like Charlie now. Not even saying that the stuff on stage wasn't good. But it's like the stories that he would just, you just sitting there and it's 2 a.m. in the morning and they just laughing. And, and oh, I bet. It's, it's just those moments, man. I wish, I wish there was like a, a compilation of all of those times that we were sitting down oh. because. This, this dude's the, the way he could recall a story, man, not in detail and bring it to life. That's something that that's something that I worked on in my set. Like it's hard because he was the master. I saw he was the master of it. Well, there's a reason why Chappelle put that segment into the show, because he was like he was like, these stories are insane in the way he tells them. It yeah. has to be shown. It had like and that. I mean, obviously, the whole Rick James thing blew up so massively. Yeah. Those stories are so fucking great. They're yeah, man. Brilliant. They're, it's so real, man. Wow. Yeah. And he I only saw hope, some shit. <laughs> I hope one day, I hope one day I'll have enough, I'll have enough good stories like that to tell people one day and bring, like, bring it like, I hope so. I oh, hope you will, happen. man. You, you've already got probably a bunch. But so. <laughs> <laughs> you wait for the next special. I got a few. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we um we always actually speaking of stories, we always actually end our podcast with our guests maybe telling a fun story of something that's happened to them or something that they witnessed, maybe something that happened with you at SNL or just any like in general, like on the road. So I don't know if you've got anything good, anything fun that you'd like to talk about. Uh, I mean, besides all the all the things we covered already, uh, <laughs> yeah, we've covered yeah, a lot. I mean, yeah, that, that football story was just fantastic. It was. <laughs> It was real. I mean, uh, dang, you know what? Uh, (laughs) I'll tell you a story. It was me and my opener, and I love this guy. He's my brother, too. Uh, He's not my biological brother, but he's my bro. He's got my back. You know what I mean? Um, AJ Foster. So me and him, I think we had just done a a college, and it was Daytona. Yeah, that's when it was. It was in Daytona. It's late. Me and him usually go out, we celebrate, we have a drink, whatever. So nothing was open besides this one bar. It was already re- All these places are closed. It's the only place open. Should have known not to go in there. <laughs> we go into the place, right? There's a girl. There's one girl. There's another drunk girl. 
There's five guys at the bar. There's this one dude with a pink shirt on, right? We're sitting there, me and him together. The guy with the pink shirt is staring at us. I was like, I was like, yo, Foster, man. I said, like, yo, 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 don't look. I said, um, I said, don't look hard, but, but just let me know. Is is old boy over there staring? He did one of these. He was like, yep, he's looking. I said, oh, I said, okay, okay, okay. So the man stared at us. Why is he staring at us, right? Finally, he comes over, just interjects himself, sits down. Hey, so what are you guys doing here? Nothing, man. We just um, uh, yeah, we 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 comics, you know. We just comics. Now, mind you, me and AJ are the only black people in this place. There's no other black people, right? So I'm like, okay, he's fascinated by Negroes. He wants to see one. He wants to talk to them, right? <laughs> <laughs> so he starts talking, and it starts getting weird. Like, on some, what are y'all doing after this type shit? Like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Like, trying to, like, propositioning people, right? <laughs> As soon as he said the weirdest thing, I, I can't even, I don't even know if I remember exactly what it was, but whatever it was, it made my friend get up and walk away. <laughs> <laughs> he gets up. He, cause the girl, there was another girl at the end of the bar. So as soon as she stares, she started talking. My friend AJ got up. The dude said the thing where he got up and walked away. I did one of these. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. <laughs> no I'm sitting there stuck with this guy with this pink shirt, and now he's getting closer. This is before I'm like, yo, man. I was like, yo, man, like, this dude is drunk, man. Like, if I drop him, I'm going to go to jail tonight type shit. You know what I mean? So I got to keep it amicable and get out of this situation. He's ta AJ's talking to the girl, right? Eventually, I said, you know what, dog? <laughs> This is getting really weird. It's clear that he's homosexual. He's trying to come on to me. I'm, I'm not about that life. <laughs> I see you got your pink gay shirt on. I'm not dealing with it. He did this weird thing to me, bro. I'm, I'm going to reveal it in a second. The girl looks at me, starts talking to me. I walk over to where she is. I say, thank God. Thank God you started talking because that dude, it was getting heavy. It started to get hot and I didn't know what to do. You know what I mean? So we go sit over there. There's another black guy that comes in. The dude gets up and starts talking to the black dude. And I got offended. Like, oh, really? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I thought I was special. Like, you, sit, you, you sat there for like 25 minutes and was trying. Okay, okay, whatever. We get outside. AJ tells me the girl grabbed his hand. The girl grabbed AJ's hand and did the little and did the thing where you take it and you scratch the middle of it. Okay. She said, I bet he just did that to your friend. I looked at AJ. I said, AJ, he fucking did. <laughs> it's like, bro, bro, but so we didn't get so so we didn't get we didn't get taken advantage of. But oh, that's, the, that's good. That she knew what he did had me thinking to myself, how many times has this man tried this in this club in Daytona? So we need to put up a warning sign for uh, for a, a white man, probably 46, 
Slight alopecia <laughs> with a pink gator shirt. That's all the hell I'm saying because he's out there propositioning black people and there's probably some get out shit happening and that's all the fuck I'm saying. Anyway, <laughs> so that was the first awesome. awesome. <clears throat> That was great, man. I, uh, I that, that's a that's a great story. Um, Jay, I loved your um, pink gator shirt story. <laughs> Thank you, brother. And I bet you have some phenomenal stories that occurred after shows on the road. Yes, and, and maybe we, if you ever want to do it, I mean, you got a forum right here. Oh yeah. If if we get to do this live and in person at some point, you know, oh, the world shit. calms Can you down. If we just did this show live that we just did. Oh now? yeah, the crowd would be eating everything up here. And also, but if he, I was going to say, if he does, I'm I'm going to show up wearing a pink gator shirt. Oh so. man, you're the guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was you. It was Chris. Yes, it was me. That was me the whole time. That was the big reveal. Uh, <laughs> but uh, be, before we go, man, uh, I just want to uh, I just want to give you a shout out to uh, your new show on Fox. Uh, I can see your voice, correct? Uh, well, I'm. That's not my new show. I'm, I mean, I'm a guest host. You're a guest host on that quite often, right? I mean, yeah, well, yeah. I'm. I'm more. I guest host a lot on Mass Singer. They would. They, they Singer, would love okay. to have me as a, a probably a host or something up there or something. But Fox is. Yeah. Fox has been really cool with their shows. I have a show called Unfiltered on Nickelodeon. Also, I got a movie I'm about to do with Christina Milian, this Alicia Keys project. I'm flying out to East Africa to shoot that tomorrow. Holy shit, uh, man. Wow, we got you right in perfect time before you go before you go and do that. That's amazing. Yeah. I told Daryl that I would do it, man. I just had to I you know, sometimes man, stuff just stacks up and, Oh yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Dude, well, looks like you're doing well, man. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you, bro. Thank you. And uh, you know, there's a, there's some more projects coming out. You know, I got a uh, I got bad hair that's that's dropping next month. Uh Lena Wave Usher, uh, Vanessa Williams, uh, uh, myself, uh, and uh, a whole bunch of uh, a cast of fantastic uh, folks in there. Elle Rain, she's in there. Uh, she's a new star. She's gonna be. She, she's dope. Um, I had two minutes of fame dropped in June, and then uh, How to Fake a War dropped in August, and the, I have a cartoon that I'm doing. The Bobby Moynihan's cartoon I did. I got another one coming out. There's a lot happening. So good, man. I'm glad to see you working. You're you're crushing it these days, and that's that's excellent. Yes, sir. I yes, can't wait sir. to the day that all three of us are able to do some stand up together on another show. Um, yeah, maybe comedy juice. Maybe that'll come back at Gotham, and we can start doing those again. Yes, yes. You know, those were always uh, yes. so much fun to do with you, man. And uh, well, we appreciate you having you on. Uh, what's your social media, real quick, so people can follow you in case they don't already? At Jay Farrow, uh, as far as Instagram. Um, at Jay Farrell, Twitter, um, Facebook, Jay Farrell Real. I think that's what it is. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, yeah, we'll have to have you. Somebody blow. took my name first, and then I had to, you know, the deal. Yeah, oh, somebody yeah, had, always. There's always somebody yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll have to have you back on soon for doing a, do a second part of this because we 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 I feel like we barely scratched the surface, and we've got so much more we could have talked about today. You know? Yeah, let's do it again. Let's do it again soon. And thanks so much, Jay. Yeah. Uh, Daryl, do you want to add uh, anything else before we leave? Besides from being like a really good, decent human being, you're uh, supremely gifted. It was just a real pleasure to have you on. Man, I feel the same way about you, brother. You, you're yeah. amazing. You're a phenom, man. And uh, yeah. thank yeah. you for thank you for being so so cool to me when we did meet. And um, you know, because a lot of a lot of times people you'll meet folks and 
and they, you know, sometimes they do the same things and it'll be total, the total opposite of what you thought, man. I mm-hmm. appreciate you being the super amicable dude that you are, man. You know, I, I love you, brother. I appreciate you, man. Real talk. You've called uh-huh. me. So- You've called me and checked on me, man. So I appreciate that, dude. I really do. I, I love you too, Jay. Yes, man, we'll talk again. We'll talk again. Yes, Thanks sir. again, Jay, man. I'm so happy that you did the podcast. I could just sit back and watch you guys do impressions all day. I feel like that's the next one. We're just going to have you guys go back and forth. <laughs> oh, we got to do it. We got to <laughs> do that. Thanks so much, Jay Farrow. Uh, appreciate you being on the podcast today. No problem, bro. Talk to you really soon, Jay. See you later, Jay. Yes, sir. Okay, bye-bye. See bye. ya. All right. Well, that that was our podcast for today. Uh, Guys, thank you so much for listening. And uh, please, like I said, uh, make sure that you subscribe. Make sure that you download. Make sure to tell your friends about the third-person podcast. Uh, For Daryl Hammond, I am Chris Milhouse. We'll see you back next week with a brand-new episode.